0: Hey, everybody, this is comedian Big J. Okrasing, and you're listening to The Barn.
1: Hello, and welcome from The Barn Studio Live. The Barn with the Mox and Chuck. And Chuck, we got a special guest online. We got Big Jay Okerson coming to town this weekend. Big Jay, how are you, my man?
0: I'm doing good. Getting ready to come to St. Louis. Uh, hopefully have a good morning. My second time uh, in the city. So this is exciting for me.
1: Is that right? That's, That's wild. That's kind of... I would have expected different as long as you've been around and, and all the touring that you do. Oh,
0: wait. You know what? It's the second time I've been at this club. That's not true. When I fr- Years ago when I first started... A comedian named D. Lee had a club down there, and uh, but then he never paid anybody, and it shut down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to so do that, right? You gotta, that's, not, that's bad memories. Yeah, these are new memories I'm making.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to pay the town. We can't wait to catch you. You're going to be at Helium Thursday through Saturday, and uh, I think the barn's going to be at that late show. We can't wait to catch your set. You know, obviously, uh, been in the stand-up comedy world and, and uh, in the comedy world for a long time, and uh, we appreciate you coming to town. We can't wait to see you.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'm excited too. I gotta see something. Moment. What's What's the big uh, St. Louis food I gotta try? No one's ever told me.
1: Okay, so toasted raviolis. Have you ever heard of those?
0: Yeah, that's St. Louis's thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that in deli. That's it. That's all. That's our claim to fame. St. style pizza, ravioli. Toast-
0: I don't know why it's not what I would thought
1: it would have been. I thought
0: it have been. Closer
1: to barbecue. Yeah, we do have a little bit of a barbecue scene, but you know, we're kind of in the almost in the middle of like Kansas City and Memphis. So I think we get overlooked at times.
0: Do you have a a low Italian content, so that's your middle finger to them, hosting their raviolis?
2: We murder a lot. That's what we do in St. Louis. That's our claim to fame.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's the highest.
2: Oh, yeah. That's
0: where I'm familiar with you guys. That's murder.
2: (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're in a pretty safe part of town, and uh, Helium Club's a great club. I know they have several throughout the nation, but uh, yeah, we're going to be at the Late Show. I mean... You're a busy man. I mean, is there any podcast that you're not on? You got Legion of Skanks, the Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, and then obviously you're the bonfire on SiriusXM. You you stay behind the mic quite a bit.
0: I really do. It's uh, amazing by the weekend that I'm able to keep talking, but <laughs> we pull it off somehow. Yeah, no, I love it. I really do love broadcast. To me, it's just an extension of stand-up comedy, sort of. You know, you guys get it. It's kind of in the moment. You get to say things to get immediate reactions from people, which is... uh dangerous also sometimes right. i'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> working for well the you know the podcast world is kind of our our own to do with what we want so serious XM, we have to play by some rules and uh yeah let's just say i'm the one who's had to be talked to a lot
2: <laughs> how in the world do you st- i've heard your comedy man how in the world do you juggle that that's got to be tough to instead of comedy i mean juggle rules uh, with what you do normally
0: oh yeah it's uh It's a dicey game, but (laughs) I do pull off. So it's also a good skill to have, too, you know, where you can't go quite as far. And then it also makes for kind of each one of my projects in in its own way are are very defined then, too. You know, I know what I can do on Sirius XM and sort of what I can't I have to play in those kind of parameters, which is kind of neat because then when I do uh, Legion of Skanks podcast, you know, it's that just we go for it on that one. So, so you know which subjects are for that show or not.
1: You spend so much of your time behind the mic and and doing, you know, obviously comedy, but broadcasting as well. How do you keep, you know, how do you keep things interesting? You know, do you find yourself telling old stories that you've told before? Do you, how do you, you know, have that kind of memory to uh, to broadcast so much as much as you do?
0: Well, it's not. It is. I do. <laughs> I don't try to, have to retell too many stories on. Like my show so much i find when i do other shows you know I, I end up telling stories that i've told on my shows a lot but that's kind of the nature of what we do you know but that's um no the beauty is something ridiculous happens every day and then with stand-up i kind of rely on i talk to the crowd a lot and sort of like derive my jokes from that you know like i kind of re- it reminds me of things or things i say in the moment so it's not so if i sit down anytime i'm trying to sit and write jokes in my career it's When I look at it, it's like, you know, hey, airplane food's crazy. What's with those subways? (laughs) It ends up being so hacky.
2: Have you ever ended up saying, like, one of the stories is in your stand-up at the time, you know, it needed it on the air, you said it on the air, and you're like, shit, now I can't say it on the stand-up anymore.
0: No, almost different. Like, sometimes things, because we are talking so freely, that sometimes uh, something I say on on a podcast or the radio show will spark me to do so... It's almost like they hear the birth of it, and right. then
1: it kind of grows yeah. on stage. Oh, that's interesting. So, do you follow that sort of traditional stand-up model of you know write material, work it out in the smaller clubs, then maybe the bigger clubs, and then you know some kind of special, whether it's you know broadcast somewhere or even on YouTube, and then you're done with that material? Or how does that work for you? what's your process like? So,
0: for me personally, I like so I have a special coming out in um in April that I shot at our festival Skank Fest in Vegas and um that's going to be on youtube i mean which seems to be you know again i've been doing this for a long time too so i'm trying to learn the what the new things are and self you know a youtube special wasn't a thing when i started to even uh, to look to achieve yeah and now it's like you know it's it's almost a way to do it you self-produce things now um but as far as like, again yeah, i i sitting down in like uh like writing stuff and, and the turnover i try never to do two shows Exactly the same. Like as I build material, I, I kind of have to build it on the road now. The smaller clubs here in the city, I, I'll try to get up once in a while. But again, I'll just every set with my broadcasting schedule. I'm not getting on stage in the small clubs too much in New York anymore. But I'm on the road doing at least five hours of comedy every weekend, and my crowd that I've kind of cultivated, which is great. Like they like that I go up there and like you know I play around with the audience most of the show and try to find it through that. And then you know. So I'll do like a handful of, uh, you know, a couple of the jokes that I have, like newer things and I try to space them out for years and years. I was kind of just, uh, uh tucked away at the clubs in New York doing, uh, you know, just, uh, the weekend and weekday spots in the city, which is great that I had the access to that, but I wasn't on the road at all. And I would see the, uh, the staff of those clubs with the comics who were there like me all the time. Like, getting so tired of and mouthing the words of people's jokes they've heard a thousand times.
1: Oh, wow. And that, used,
0: and, that, and that used to scare me to like, I'm like, oh man, like, you know, the staff's so nice to me. I hope they don't just, you know, <laughs> talk bad about me behind my back like that or mouth the words of my jokes. So then I started going to just, uh, doing crowd work on those sets and kind of finding new things from there and like picking like a story to tell and uh, and everything else just kind of making it like fresh from the spot and i think the crowd's kind of appreciated that i kind of have like a like i said i find i much to myself at least much funnier on the fly than heavily
1: prepared you know with all the podcasting and the youtube and even like the tiktok stuff it seems like stand up comedy's changed over the years Uh, You know, some of these guys that are playing some of these clubs, they're, I would say, mostly known for some of their TikTok material and and their, you know, very short material. Uh, Is that weird for you to see kind of coming from a little bit of the old school to seeing what it's like now? And how do you adjust to some of those newer trends?
0: It's hard. It really is. It's one of the hardest things. Like all social media kind of happened within my career, um, which is interesting kind of watching like how it's grown TikTok. tock i don't even have TikTok on my phone uh, i i had to hire a social media company to do that stuff because i'm not good at it but yeah look you know it's, it's ahead of the game i i don't know if it always the problem with it is i don't think the the TikTok uh humor necessarily always translates to stand-up comedy yeah. but i know it's a kind of a quick money grab when you're uh getting that kind of popularity and following it's probably hard to say no to at least trying it and making money you know Yeah, we, but it was such a, I just know for myself, it was such a process to get to like headlining at all and everything, you know, it's sort of a, that was sort of the change when I started comedy, the change was, I guess it used to be, if you had an hour of jokes, you know, you can hit the road, somebody would book you to go on the road. Then it became uh, when I got into comedy, it was more like, well, can you put butts in seats at these places? And now you could have been. It could be your third time on stage. But if you're going to put uh, butts in seats, like it's got nothing. It almost has nothing to do with being prepared for the job itself, other than getting people to buy drinks. Which you know it is the bar business, so I do get it.
1: Yeah. You know we got to bring it up. We know you're a Philly guy. Has your uh, Mm -hmm. has your city recovered yet from the Super Bowl loss?
0: I don't know. I haven't been there. It was the first Super Bowl I ever got to go to. So that was very exciting. Oh, wow. You went to Uh, it. I got to go. Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer invited me kind of last minute to go. And uh, it was uh, such an opportunity. But, man, I will say, if I paid for those tickets, I would not have recovered yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Man, what do you think about, you know, do you have optimism for the future? I mean, I know uh, obviously you guys lost, but... You guys look pretty damn good, and, yes, and the a, team is pretty stacked. They're in
2: that perfect window of they're, playing, they're paying their quarterback nothing right now yeah. so they can build up everything else. So when you get to pay the quarterback, that's when it gets all fucked up.
1: Yeah, But Jalen Hurts looked
2: phenomenal. Yeah, Honestly. yeah.
0: No, I think he's the guy for sure. Hopefully we keep him for a long time. We'll see. The Eagles have a real penchant for blowing it right when it's getting good
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know i had I'd seen uh, dave portnoy from barstool sports he was kind of going around saying i've never seen mm-hmm. eagles fan this eagles fans this optimistic about the super bowl and he's like that gives me a little bit of scare a little bit of scare on my betting and and i kind of agree you know what was your sense going into it
0: um uh, i'll tell you how i felt it was i was nervous because i thought it was I was so confident that it was going to be i thought it was not an easy win but i thought we were definitely going to win and because of that like i almost had more confidence in the 2017 super bowl because like i think the underdog story is always the one that plays out better yeah. and, I, and what i said when we were going to that game i was like all i see is a poster of patrick mahomes limping on one foot just putting one right in kelsey's chest to win the game and it's not exactly what happened but it sort of is what happened so, yeah
1: yeah you pretty much called that I saw that interview we saw that interview with you on uh, the Fitz Dog Radio Greg Fitzsimmons podcast and you were kind of you, you pretty much yeah. called how
2: it went did Burt give you get you better seats yeah. than Sanchez then <laughs> that's a great story man
0: oh yeah yeah, you really did. <laughs> then the
2: quarterback for the team. There's not much about Sanchez that Mark ended Sanchez, just. If you're him. ever out there listening, know that I still am angry.
1: <laughs> for those that haven't heard it, you got to check out uh, Fitzdog Radio when you guys were on when you guys were yeah. chatting on there. You are oh, talking yeah. about how Mark Sanchez, who played for the Eagles, I, I didn't even realize he played for the Eagles. Uh, just, hell, I forgot too. Couldn't have been that long, right?
0: He came in. He came in, He was. He was backup. He came in for half a season
2: when the quarterback got hurt. Oh, wow, uh, okay. Well, show how much the team cared about him, him. I think it was Sam, I think it was Sam, uh,
1: oh, I forget his name now. He was a quarterback for a little bit for the Eagles, too. So he used to be on the... Oh, the Rams. I think he went to the Rams. Yeah, Sam... Uh, uh, his oh, name? Bradford. Bradford.
2: Yeah, Bradford.
1: Sam Bradford, yeah. 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 Sam Bradford went down, and, uh, and he
0: came in, Mark Sanchez. And I happen to know the... The guy that was his tight end on the Jets. Yeah. And he said he would get – Mark Sanchez to give me tickets. And he got me standing at the top of the (laughs) seat.
1: I think the funniest – Standing. No seat. No reset. It's ridiculous. I think the funniest part of that story was, like, you had better tickets already, and you, like, gave them away to somebody else.
2: And then later the long snapper got you better tickets than the (laughs) quarterback. (laughs) So shit. Yeah. Jesus, Everybody, but the, the
0: quarterback of the team, got me the worst tickets I've ever gotten for free in my life.
2: <laughs> There's is. nothing about Sanchez. It's not a comedy, man. I swear to God, <laughs> Hey, guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. What a career. <laughs> <laughs> butt fumble, man. I'll, I'll never forget butt fumble.
2: Jesus Christ, man.
0: Him and uh, him and Matt liner were the two people I've never heard anybody say how good of a quarterback they were. It was always about how handsome they were.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah both strikingly handsome guys. <laughs> This is The Barn. We're joined here by Big J. Okerson. We're going to be checking him out at the Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis, Missouri, Thursday through Saturday. You got to come. You got to see the stand up comedy. That's a great club. We can't wait to have you in town, Big J. Oh, I'm excited to come, man. I'm on a plane tomorrow morning. I'll be there.
2: Jay, can I ask one question? I got to ask this, man. Okay, when you're waiting, yep. uh, just it was just based on that uh, the the Fitzsimmons interview. When you were gritting your teeth, waiting for uh, your name to come up on Stern, we're big Stern guys too. And then he said, "No, yeah. don't say his name." Oh my God, I could not imagine the deflation I would feel in my oh. <laughs> my
0: body. I was so deflated. Oh. and then they and then I spoke to I think uh, Will, one of his producers, yeah. called me to. To kind of hear the story, to see if they were going to have me on with, I think uh, Craig Gas to tell the story, and then they ended up not going with it. Uh, since I said Doug Stanhope and David Tal, said my name on the show, but uh, oh sweet, <laughs> no, still haven't gotten on yet. This is the, this is the last ditch effort. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and you do the bonfire, your comedy uh, Comedy Central radio show Monday through Thursday. Do you guys record that in the morning, and that allows the ability for you to travel? Because I know you obviously you play a lot of weekends.
0: No, so what we do is we record it. Um, well, we we go live Monday at 5 to 7. Uh, Tuesday, we come in early and we uh, do a pre-record episode for Thursday. And then um, mm-hmm. the rest of the shows are live. We do Tuesday live at uh, 5 and Wednesday live at 5.
1: Very Easter. cool. Sweet. It, feels, it seems like that would, is, is perfect for what your probably pretty standard schedule is with playing weekends in the clubs.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, no. It lines up perfect, which is nice. But uh, yeah, so everybody gets to hear me all week, and then you know, I come to a town near you.
1: We can't wait, Big J Okerson. You got a wanted tour, Helium Comedy Club, St. Louis, Missouri, this Thursday through Saturday. The barn is going to be at the late show on Saturday. Come say hi to us, Big J. We'll get you some toasted ravioli sent your way. Okay?
0: Hell yeah! I'll see you guys uh, this weekend.
1: All right, man. Take Let's care. Play. Take care, guys.